This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Today's episode is going to be about how to take a flying leap. So I have to laugh. I take notes in my phone when I think of different podcast topics that I want to talk about, and I'll put in like a heading and a few thoughts, and sometimes I'll even write a few paragraphs if I have a good like flow of consciousness about it. So last week on two days back to back, I wrote almost identical notes about the same thing and had no clue. So today I was thinking, oh yeah, there's something really cool from last week that I thought of right about right after I went running. And I go and I look and I'm like, oh yeah, here it is right here. And then I look back, I look at the day before that in my notes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote like the same thing two days in a row. But when I wrote it the second day, I wrote like a few paragraphs about it with no idea that the day before I had written this like bullet list of about the exact same topic. So clearly this is something that I need to talk about, but funny that I did not remember at all that I had already written myself a note about it. And then I just went into more detail about the note the second day. So here we go. How to take a flying leap. I want you to think about something really big that you've done. So the perfect analogy is if you've ever done a marathon, when you start marathon training, you can never run 26.2 miles the day you start marathon training. So if you've ever run a marathon, it's 26.2 miles. I've run one. I've run many half marathons, but just one full marathon. And I have no desire to run another full marathon. So it's very big and it's very overwhelming. And the day that I set out to train for a marathon, there's no way I could have run 26.2 miles, even though at that point I was an avid runner and I could run 13.1 miles pretty comfortably, which is the distance of a half marathon. 
I certainly could not run 26.2 miles. And that would go for anyone, even a very well-trained marathon runner. When they decide like next month I'm going to, or in two months, I'm going to run whatever marathon at that time that they make that commitment, they probably are not appropriately trained for that event. And it's big and overwhelming. So no matter what the event is for you, whether it's running a 5k or running a marathon, or might be not even running related, maybe there's something that you've been wanting to do. And it just seems so big and so huge. And like, you could never imagine yourself actually doing that. And oftentimes with those kinds of things, we don't ever do them because we can't imagine ourselves ever doing them. And so it might be that you've always wanted to start your own business, or you've always wanted to go back to school for something, or you've always wanted to change jobs or change careers. And you've even maybe thought through some of the steps like, well, if I did this and this and this, then maybe I could make it work. Or if we made these kind of changes as a family, maybe I could swing it. But it seems so big and so scary that you can't imagine how you would get from the beginning to the end and everyone would survive and everyone would be okay. And it's a lot different. I do have to say, it's very different when you make these kinds of decisions when you are single and you don't have kids versus when you have a whole family to consider. You know, a lot of the big decisions I made in my life about running my own business and running a marathon and all those kinds of things, I did that before I was married and before I had kids. And so it was a lot less risk. I mean, it still felt very scary to me. Don't get me wrong. But I always was like, well, if I have to move back in with my mom, I can. At this point, my mom would love for us to move in, I think, but she might get sick of us after a week. I'm pretty sure she doesn't want an entire family descending on her household. So it's a lot different when you're taking into consideration the livelihood of your whole family. And I totally understand that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't go after the things that you really want. This podcast is a perfect example, and I'm going to talk to you about how I went from the idea of doing a podcast to actually doing it. Because when I first started thinking about it, I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. But like, I don't see myself like sitting in my office with a microphone recording these things and having like a million people listen to them. But then as I thought about it some more, I was like, hell yeah, I do. I actually do see myself sitting in my office with a lot of people listening to things that I record. So you have to give it some thought and think about like, do you see yourself doing that? And what value would it bring to your life? Like what value would it bring to you to cross the finish line of a marathon or a 5k or whatever? What value would it bring to you to go back to school or to change careers or anything along those lines? What value would it give to you if you're a stay at home mom and you want to start your own business or, and you know, that can mean a million different things. All those things are really big and really scary, but they can bring so much value to you. And even if you fail 100%, the things that you will learn will never allow that failure to truly be a failure because anytime you fail, you learn so much that you can't help getting some success out of the learning opportunity that's involved. So I'm not saying that failure doesn't suck and that failure is not hard because it definitely does suck sometimes and it can be really hard but there's a ton of value in failure. You learn in failure what you don't want. You learn what you will never do again. You learn what matters most to you. You learn what your values are, what your priorities are. You learn what you're best suited for and you learn your own strengths and your own weaknesses. So it's really significant that you do try things and that if they don't work out, that's cool. And if they do work out, that's awesome. So when you want to take that flying leap, you have to just start. The scariest place to stand is at the start line. That's actually, it's funny, like when you start moving towards something, people are like, oh, you're doing it and this is amazing and you're so brave and I'm so proud of you. The real place that they should be giving you the kudos is when you're at that start line and you're like, I'm going to take just one little step. And no one ever sees you take that first step, by the way. Like the first time that you go out for a run to train for a marathon, no one sees you run the first three blocks. 
maybe you know six weeks into it, you tell someone like, oh my gosh, I ran five miles today. And they're like, oh, that's amazing. You're training for this marathon and you're doing so great. And I'm so excited for you. But like the first time you run three blocks, most people don't even tell people about the baby step because kind of the human nature and especially the human nature of women, I think, is that we discredit it. So we're like, well, I did this little thing, but it doesn't even count. So you're like, yeah, I ran the three blocks, but I'm not even going to tell anyone because it was just three blocks. When in reality, those first three blocks, those are the most significant three blocks you're going to run of your entire marathon training, including the actual marathon itself, because those are the three blocks that got you started. Those three blocks had to happen for the first mile to happen and for the first five miles to happen and ultimately for the 26.2 miles to happen. And it's the same thing with anything else that you do is you have to take that first little baby step and you have to acknowledge that like, here we go. I'm taking that baby step. Here it is. It's the first step. And I would encourage you to tell people about that. I know I like bought all this podcasting equipment and put it in my office. And I was like, I don't need to tell anyone about this just quite yet. I'm going to let these boxes. I literally had three boxes from Amazon sitting in my office for a good month unopened because I was like, I'm not even going to open them in case this doesn't work out. (laughs) And so they were sitting in my office. And then I got to the point where I was like, at some point there needs to be like the opening of the boxes day where I'm like, I'm doing this because I kind of knew as soon as I opened the boxes, as soon as I had a mic set up, that's when this was going to be real. And I wasn't quite sure like when I wanted that to happen because I didn't know how ready I was and how committed I was. So I'm going to tell you kind of what worked through that with taking baby steps and getting ready to take your flying leap, you have to take imperfect action and you have to focus on progress and not perfection. One of the biggest things that holds people up is trying to do everything right the whole time. And so back to the marathon training, you miss a week of training because you're sick and you're like, oh, I guess I'm not doing the marathon now. Or you have some sort of stumbling block in terms of changing jobs or turning in an application to something. And then you're like, oh, well, I guess I can't do it. I missed the deadline. In reality, you just have to be taking those little steps and making progress. It's not about being perfect. It's not about even meeting the deadline sometimes because sometimes you miss the deadline, but that doesn't excuse you from actually taking the flying leap because sometimes missing the deadline is the thing that makes you realize like, oh, actually, I really do need to do this. And sometimes missing the deadline does help you see like, oh, this actually isn't what I want to do, but instead I want to do this other thing. Don't let missing a deadline or missing some sort of milestone in progress deter you from doing anything even if it makes you pivot, that's okay, but let it be a piece of the progress or a part of the progress. You also have to take constant action because constant action is what builds momentum. And so for me with the podcast, I had a list every week before I'd even talked about the podcast to other people. I had a list of like things related to like, if I decide I want to do a podcast, these are some things that I need to be looking into. And so I started doing some of the things like I wanted to research other podcasts and I had a list of those people and I was kind of doing some stalking online, which I'll talk more about in a minute. So you have to start creating action and creating momentum. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat 
chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. Because again, once you start creating that momentum, you're going to figure out like either I do want to go in this direction with this or I don't. And I want to maybe go in this other direction. And so you're going to start figuring things out really quickly once you establish that momentum. The other thing is you have to have some routine and some schedule. So when you take on something new, you have to build it into your life. And most of us don't have an overwhelming amount of extra time or extra energy. So you have to think about like, how am I going to shift this? You know, when I decided to train for a marathon, it was pretty easy to move things around in my life. I was a single person living by myself not a big deal for me to shift my schedule that much. At this point in my life, to take on a new project, it's a really big deal. It means that I have to move a lot of other pieces. And I have to think about like, how does this impact everything from like making my kids lunch for school to when I'm going to work out to all these other things to support my family, all these other things to support my gym, my local business here in Seattle. So there's a lot of things that come into consideration when I'm considering bringing on a new project or doing something new, taking some sort of new leap in my life. And so I build that into my schedule and into my routine where it's like, okay, every day I'm going to do this. You know, this summer, one of the things I did three days a week, 
go for a 40 minute walk and listen to a podcast. And at the time, I didn't even know that I was going to be starting my own podcast. But I did know that I was really interested in how people were using podcasts to help other people. And so I just started getting really invested in kind of seeing how that worked. And so I committed to three days a week, you walk for 40 minutes while you listen to a podcast. And I did it. And it was actually super enjoyable. And you know, it's sunny in Seattle and gorgeous and take the dog out. And it was really, really lovely, but it became a very significant part of my schedule and significant part of my routine that I was very committed to. And then one of the last steps here is making it part of your identity, part of your DNA. So this is a really big piece of it. I've talked about this a lot with exercise where I'll say to people, you know, for me, I don't think about like, am I going to work out this week or am I not? Or am I going to work out today or am I not? For me, exercise is such a given. It's the same as saying my middle name. So, you know, Sarah Marie Sutherland Dean, and I work out five to six days a week. And I can tell you that, and like that has not changed from like 1997, no, 1996 ish, 95 ish. I can't even remember now, many years ago until now. That doesn't change. That's just what I do. It's, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to put like on a list of goals or on a to do list to get in my workout. It's just part of what I do. So that's very ingrained in me. And that's taken years and years and years for that to be so ingrained that I don't have to put it on a to-do list. For many people, getting exercise in might be new or it might be something they're getting back into where it would be totally appropriate for it to be on your to-do list, but you still want to make it part of your identity. So you talk about it. You let other people know like, oh yes, I can meet you for coffee. I'm going to go get my workout in and then I'll be over there. So I'll, I'll meet you at 1130 as soon as I'm done with my spinning class or whatever. That's how you make it part of your identity is you talk about it in a way that this is like, this is just what I do and this is how it fits into my life. And I noticed that with other athletes when I was starting to get into more racing in my 20s is that they talk about their athletic endeavors as part of their identity. And so it wasn't just like something that they did here and there. It was, they constantly were talking about like, oh yeah, I can totally do that, but I have to do this other thing for this event and then I'll be there. Or yes, like let's definitely meet up this week. Here's when I have to get in my training swims. So then I'll meet up. Could we do it on Wednesday? Because that's like the day that I don't have to swim or whatever. Like you can see how it just becomes part of, you work around these pieces you work the new things into your schedule and then you work around the negotiable, flexible things so that they can fall into other places so that they're not getting in the way of the things that you want to be part of your flying leap. And those really significant, even if they're teeny tiny steps, significant steps to getting you closer to that end goal. I actually had this great conversation with someone a few years ago. I was getting into speaking, doing more speaking engagements. And she said, well, I noticed on your signature in your emails that you say that like you're the owner of your gym. So it says Sarah Dean, owner of Sync Fitness, but it doesn't say anything about speaking. And she said, honestly, and I think actually it might've just said personal trainer at the time. I don't remember, but she's like, you don't give yourself enough credit in your signature line. She's like, the reality is, is you're not just a personal trainer. You own your own gym and this is what you do with people. So you're actually a fitness professional and you've written a bunch of stuff that's published all over online and you've sold it and made money off of it. So you're actually also an author and you have gotten up on stage and spoken to many people multiple times. So you're actually also a speaker, but you don't identify as any of those things. So she's like, you have to start identifying as those things because no one else is going to identify you as those things if you don't identify yourself that way. So I was like, oh my gosh, she's so right. She's like, also, you need to get new business cards. Like your business cards should not say Sarah Dean personal trainer because that's not, that's like a tiny piece of what you do. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. I felt like she had just told me like I could go from being Sarah Dean personal trainer to 
Sarah Jean president. <laughs> I felt like it was such a leap. And I've actually had coaches, business coaches too, say like, you're actually, you're the CEO of your company. You're not just a personal trainer in your company. You have people who are personal trainers for your company at this point, and you're the CEO. And so sometimes we don't realize when we've taken on new roles, we don't even realize that we haven't identified ourselves that way. And so if you're getting your MBA or getting a master's in something like identify yourself as that, you know, that you're getting a master's in something and that you're a master level, whatever. If you're training for a marathon, you are a runner. I don't care if you have only ever run like a mile in your life or maybe less than that. If you are running a couple times a week for more than like one minute, you are a runner. It's amazing to me that people say like, I'm going to run a marathon and I'm totally not even a runner. Yes, you are. If you are running regularly, you are a runner. It doesn't matter if you're running really slow. It doesn't matter if you stop and walk sometimes. If you run at all and you're training for an event like a marathon, you are totally a runner. If you run at all and you're training for a 5K, which is 3.1 miles, you are a runner. So identify yourself in terms of what you are. Don't discredit yourself by saying like, oh, I don't really do that. Like once I recorded one podcast episode, I'm a freaking podcaster. I'm not like, well, I'm kind of a podcaster, like sometimes. No, like I am a podcaster. So be really clear with yourself about how you identify yourself. Because once you identify that way, other people start identifying you that way. And it becomes very cyclical because you know other people see you that way. You are now responsible for that identity, which can be a big and kind of daunting thing. But like now that I have an identity as a podcaster, like, oh, well, I guess I have to keep podcasting, right? Because now I'm a podcaster and people know this. So it's really important that you identify so that other people can identify you. And then you can continue to move in that journey wherever you want to go with it. So a big piece of taking that flying leap is identifying in the role that you want to become. Okay, so here's how I did this with podcasting. I'm excited to tell you guys this. I didn't know that I wanted to podcast until I started listening to other podcasts and podcasts were totally new to me. I started listening to podcasts when I had to stop running over the summer and I was going for walks because walks are a really great way to decrease anxiety and decrease cortisol. And I've had some adrenal issues. So I was like, this will be really good for me to go for walks. Walking is a little uncomfortable for me. I'll be honest. And it's gotten very comfortable now, but at that time, like going for a walk, it felt like I'm cheating on my workout and I'm not really accomplishing anything and I'm not even really sweating unless it's like 90 degrees out. And it just kind of felt weird. But I felt like if I was listening to a podcast, it felt like a really good use of my time because I was learning. And I was listening to all these people podcasting who were doing a lot of professional development stuff, a lot of personal development stuff. And every time I listened to them, I learned tons. Like I actually had this dilemma about can I even listen to podcasts and walk at the same time? Because I wanted to be taking notes because so much of the stuff I was listening to was so powerful. So that was the first step as I started listening to podcasts and I found them really inspiring. And I kind of started thinking like, maybe I could do this. And what would that look like? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. 
Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. And what would I want to talk about? And I mean, we all know that like I have no shortage of words. So I knew that talking for long periods of time by myself would not be a problem. And I thought maybe I could even invite some people on and do interviews. And I started kind of just envisioning like all the directions I could go with this, but I didn't know at all like how I wanted to do it. You know, I own a gym in Seattle. I did, do I talk about fitness? That's all I've really talked about in the online space before is fitness and nutrition. So do I keep talking about that? But I kind of wanted to pivot away from that a little bit. So I was really unsure about the whole thing. I started stalking people. So this is where it all begins, folks. You have to be a stalker. I started looking at what other people were doing to see like, can I see myself doing what they're doing? Could I model what they're doing and really love it? And I felt like I could. I could see other people doing some stuff that I was like, that is so cool. And I totally want to do that. And I think that I could do it in a really impactful way. So that's where it kind of began. From there, after listening to a lot of podcasts and listening to a lot of different people do podcasting in different contexts, I joined an online community that was just for podcasters. So I felt like a total imposter because I was like, I'm not a podcaster, but I'm in this online community and there's a few thousand people in the group. So I was like, I'm just going to sit back. Like no one's going to see me here. We're all in this Facebook group together. So I'm like, I'm not going to comment on anything. I'm not going to like anything. I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. So I started watching all the other posts and watching what other people were doing. And some of the people have been podcasting for a long time. Some people were brand new. There was a number of people who were like, I'm just getting started. Here's what's happening. And they were so inspiring to me because I thought, oh, this is what they're doing. And this is how that feels for them. I can see myself doing that. And that was actually really, really helpful. So I continued stalking on that site for a couple of months. I have to say stalking is my superpower. So I was listening to all these people with my walking. I was stalking people on this Facebook community group. And then I started asking a couple questions in the community. And I also started giving compliments. So this is like, if you ever want to catch me out of my comfort zone, you will find me kissing butt. So if I don't know where I fit in somewhere, I'll just start complimenting people. And it's like very genuine compliments, but it's kind of how I start to make connections. And someone told me once that I'm a really good puffer upper, meaning that I'm really good at puffing up other people. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I didn't even realize I did it. But it's totally like how I can make 
a space feel more comfortable for me. So I started noticing what other people were doing. And especially as people were getting posting in this Facebook group about getting ready to launch podcasts, I would be like, Oh, I'm so excited for you. This sounds great. I love your topic or I love what you're doing with this. And then people will post and say things like, you know, I hit X amount of downloads this month and it was so exciting. And I would be like, Oh, that's so awesome. I'm super happy for you. Just random little compliments of support because I know that if I can connect with people and be supportive, then at some point I'll feel comfortable asking a question and not feel so weird about it. Because maybe I've built a little bit of credibility that at least I'm a nice person. So if I ask a stupid question, they're like, oh, it's okay. It's Sarah. She's nice. So I started posting these compliments and kudos within the community. And then I started very selectively posting questions here and there, always with the caveat of like, I'm brand new and this might sound silly, but like, what would you suggest in about this particular scenario? Or what do you think about this particular topic or whatever? And so that's kind of where it all began. From there, I got an online podcasting course that was this downloadable course, and I listened to it obsessively, and I went through like everything that they had to offer. And I could see that like other people in my situation have done this, very much like anyone who's gone back to school when they have a family. Like other women have done this. I've seen other people go from like never running a block in their life to running a full marathon. As soon as you can see like someone else has walked in my shoes, then you're like, oh, wait, I can do this. So I started seeing that through this podcasting course, like as the instructor was kind of dialing in how you do everything and how you lay things out and the different steps to take. I was like, oh yeah, I can see myself doing that. And I can see myself taking like this step and that step and that step. And that's kind of where it started for me. It wasn't just like go launch a podcast. He laid out these steps, which was so helpful for those of you in the podcast world. It was John Lee Dumas and he was so fantastic and everything that he laid out. So I could see like, oh yeah, I can do that. I can go on Amazon and buy a mic. Like that's not hard. I can think of a list of like topics I want to talk about. That's not hard. I can make a list of my area of expertise versus my area of passion and see where there's intersection. That's not hard. So I started doing these little things that he recommended. And then I was like, oh, I've done a lot of the groundwork already. And so maybe now that I've ordered my microphone, maybe I should actually open the box. And so I eventually opened the box. With opening the box, I also hired a podcast coach. So someone who could kind of walk me through some of the logistical steps. He's been really helpful. His name is Josh. I hired a support team. So I knew that with podcasting, I didn't want to learn how to edit audio. Like that's not my passion. That's not my skill set. In fact, I can barely work a printer. Like 90% of the time when I go to print something, it doesn't work. And I almost always have a tantrum. So I knew for sure that I did not want to be responsible for editing a podcast. So I was like, okay, I'm going to outsource that. Then from there, I started just doing a lot of little things, but very consistently. And that was really important. And as I went through it. There was times that I had to pivot and times that I had to be like, okay, like I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. Or I'm not going to, you know, initially like I was going to try to launch before Christmas. And then it was like, you know, that doesn't make sense for a variety of reasons. Let's wait until March instead. So I had to pivot as, as needed. The biggest thing with taking these steps is the anticipatory anxiety. This is like one of my favorite terms. So there's this anticipation that happens before you do something that can be completely paralyzing. And I see this all the time with people who come into my gym to lose weight. We do these transformation programs and people come in and they're just like frozen in fear because they don't know if they can do our workouts and they don't know what the nutrition piece is going to feel like. Like what if they're starving? Someone said to me the other day, I signed up for your six week program and I thought I was just going to be starving for six weeks. And I was so scared of that. And then she was like, and then I was never starving at all. <laughs> She's like, I felt hungry a couple of times. And so I had a snack. So you have this anticipatory anxiety of 
all the what ifs, like what if this happens and what if that happens and what if I can't do it and what if people laugh and all those kinds of things. So you actually just have to start doing things because once you start doing things, you're like, oh, actually I can do this. So, you know, running that marathon, it's like once you run those first three blocks, you're like, oh, I actually can run. Even if I have to stop every two minutes and walk for a little bit, I actually can run a little bit. And that leaves so much anxiety and gives you a lot more confidence to move forward and continue taking those baby steps, which is so essential. So those small actions create momentum and allow you to learn, even if it's through mistakes, allow you to learn. And that brings you to making the crucial decisions that bring you to taking that huge leap. So I love this quote. There's a video on YouTube. If you Google YouTube, my 120 pound journey, it's a video posted by Ben Davis and it's about him losing 120 pounds and it's video and pictures all set to music, which is like my favorite thing in the world is a photo montage set to music. I'll cry every time. So if you Google, watch the video, it's an awesome video about his journey of losing 120 pounds. And then at the end, he has this quote if you want to do it, all you have to do is do it. And I love it that he makes it that simple because you have to think about someone who was setting out to lose 120 pounds. If you think about on the first day that you're going to go to a workout when you want to lose 120 pounds, you can't think about that whole 120 pounds. You can't think about the year that that might take you to do that or however long it's going to take. You just have to do one little thing. And that's what he says. If you want to do it, all you have to do is do it. So all you have to do is like that thing for that day, take that one step, and then you'll know what the next step is. So for me with podcasting, I just had to take a step and be like, okay, if I want to do it, all I have to do is do it. If I want to do it, I have to order a microphone. If I want to do it, I need to join this group. If I want to do it, I need to read through this podcasting course. If I want to do it, all I have to do is do it. There's nothing to say that I cannot do this. I just have to take the right steps to do it and take small steps and consistently and make it a part of my identity. So no matter what you want to do, all you have to do is do it. Now, I know that seems easier said than done, but let it be that easy because we often make it way more complicated and that's what holds us back. And then we sit. And when we sit and we stew, we talk ourselves out of things because we create doubt. So you have to just start doing the thing that you want to do because that doesn't allow you to sit in the place of doubt. You will not sit in doubt if you're actually moving forward, but you can't actually move forward unless you're actually taking steps. So there's all these things that are dependent on another thing, but it all comes down to this really basic principle. If you want to do it, all you have to do is do it. So I want to leave you with that because I think it's really powerful. And now I want to know, what do you have to do? What do you want to do? What is your flying leap going to be? I would love to know. I would love to get a list of what everyone's doing for their flying leaps, what everyone's on the brink of doing, because I know it would be really inspirational for me, but I know it would also be really inspirational for other people. Because every time you share what you want to do, or you share how you're going to do something, someone else looks at you and they say, oh my gosh, if she can do it, I can do it. Because I swear you are always inspiring other people. Sometimes you know it, but many times you don't know it. You never know who you're inspiring. People will tell you years after you do something that they were inspired by something that you did. So do something as if you know someone's watching and you want to inspire them. Because in reality, people are watching and it might be people from far away. It might be people close to you, but at the very least, your kids are watching. And so something I've talked about a lot in my interviews and something that I've been thinking about so much recently is my legacy. And don't you want your legacy to be that you're a person who does it, that you go for it, that you take that leap? Because don't you want your kids to be the kind of people who do it? They go for it. They take the leap. So 
If you want to do it, all you have to do is do it. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been a really fun episode for me. It's been fun to talk through kind of the building up of my podcast launch and also sharing with you that stalking is my superpower because I don't know if a lot of people would admit to that, but I'm totally cool with it. So if this has been helpful to you, make sure that you go to iTunes and leave us a review and also make sure you subscribe to the Selfish Mom Academy. If you subscribe, you automatically get all of our episodes into your podcast app on your phone. So they're just right there. Every time we drop a new episode, it just lands on your phone. It's like magic. So I don't know how it works because you know, I don't even want to know how to edit my podcast. So you know, I'm not trying to figure out how the episodes actually get into your phone. All I know is you go to iTunes, you go to the Selfish Mom Academy, and then you click on subscribe and all the episodes go straight to your phone. So leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you love. Make sure to subscribe. And I can't wait to see you and talk to you again next time. In the meantime, make sure today you do something that's a little bit selfish. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.